Hello, you are listening to Beyond the Briefcase, a law school podcast with Sarah and Meg. This week, listeners, Sarah and I recap and reflect upon our first semester at law school. We also really want to note that our experiences are just that, our experiences. They by no means represent our school and are not indicative of your own current or future law school experience. Okay, let's get started. So let's talk about academics, workload, classes. Uh, What kinds of classes did we like the most? How did we find ourselves juggling uh, work before, during exam season? Um, So I can get started. It was actually really tiring. (laughs) It was quite tiring towards the end. I think in retrospect, it was certainly manageable. However, it was really exhausting because you are, I think, constantly trying to perform well. And so that means not just these sporadic bursts of energy, but really trying to maintain quite a high degree of effort and thinking and collaborating it's it's quite intense and it's quite tiring I think performing the base requirements is very doable however I think to try to do well and to try to enjoy yourself you do have to expend quite a bit of energy Um, Sarah how about yourself I would echo that I think what we're asked to complete on a week-by-week basis is very doable even in terms of summarizing everything if you want to do that week by week outlining outlining sorry but it's important to be consistent that's for sure you definitely do not want to fall behind I got sick multiple times during the semester and even with the law school making recordings available it did take me a while to catch up And so I was happy that I started from the beginning. So I think it's important to be consistent and also kind of prepare for potential times where you might not be able to complete the same amount of work for any reason, because there are always circumstances that arise at some point where you may be busier one week, not busier the next, and not as busy the next. So to make sure that you just work on things little by little, but all the time if you can. And I think we spoke about this in our um, in our previous episode. So listeners, if this is your first episode and you want to learn more about our first exam season, please check that out. And we'll talk more about how we did on our exams, how we thought about our exams, how we approached about our exams in that episode. However, I do think that our first semester showed me that there is a huge difference between learning legal principles and ideas and learning how to do law school exams. Like truly it's like apples and oranges sometimes. And actually I think sometimes they're like contradictory. (laughs) It's not even, it's not even like adjacent or parallel. Sometimes it's in a way antagonistic. So I would say that I really enjoyed property and contract law. I had a lot of fun with them. They are not topics that I have learned a lot about in school previously. 
And so learning about all of these new things was just such a pleasure. This is such a like um, teacher's pet thing to say, but I honestly had so much fun. I learned so many cool things. Both of those classes were excellent. And I think that their exams were really quite difficult because it is just a different mode to test taking than what I am used to. Let's put it that way. Um, I also thought that legal research and writing was really, really hard as well. I really enjoyed it, but to me, it was quite difficult too. Um, on my end, I would say legal research and writing was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, although I feel like there are certain things that I would have liked to focus on that we didn't get to focus on, like how to use specific softwares like Westlaw and different things like that. I feel like I'm still lacking on that research aspect and that's what I would have wanted to focus on. But I understand that you have to accommodate every student in the class and not just specifically what I think would help me out more. So we weren't able to do that. For me, constitutional law was really difficult. Um, I think, unfortunately, it's just not the type of law that I'm specifically interested in. I found it to be quite dry, but I've heard of experiences that are completely the opposite of mine. So if don't get worried, anyone, if you have constitutional law, it doesn't mean that you're going to have the same experience, but that was my experience. And so I thought it was difficult um, throughout the term to actually stay motivated and stay interested, which I can't say for the rest of my classes. I really enjoy law school and I feel that it's entirely different from my undergrad where during my undergrad, I was very bored and I had a hard time staying interested and I had a hard time staying motivated because I felt like everything was a lot just too general. It was too general and I felt like we were never diving, diving deep into anything. Um, I don't feel that way with law school and What's fun is by learning the law through cases, which is often what's going to be used by your professors. I think it's just a lot of fun because you learn also a lot about human beings and how they act and just some things that are just really, really weird and quite like humorous. And so that's something that I really enjoyed. And so Property was a lot of fun for me. Contracts as well. And contracts, honestly, though, I think it's mainly because of my professor. He is just very knowledgeable, very sweet, very kind, wants to help and really wants to make sure that everyone understands. Um, also, it is my small group. So he does have the opportunity to do that a lot more than professors in, in large groups, which I'm sure they want to do the same. But when you have 100 or so students in front of you versus a group of 15 students, you can't provide the same type of support. But all in all, I would say it was it was a very good term from the standpoint of interest and motivation and different things like that. Um, so I feel like it kind of reaffirmed that law school is for me, at least in terms of what I'm passionate about. I think I was able to see that um, and it was in stark contrast from my previous studies. You know, um, I think this podcast actually uh, com commemorates, it memorializes some of Sarah and myself, our shared uh, struggles with 
constitutional law. So <laughs> if you're interested in learning more, I think you can just dig around in our previous episodes because I'm sure we talk about it. Um, I'll tell you what. So constitutional law is my small group. It's a, it's my full year course with with fewer students, right? And I did not like constitutional law for maybe the first three months, after which I had the biggest aha moment regarding federalism. And now, honestly, now that I truly think I have a very strong grasp of federalism, I'm kind of obsessed with it. Like, I really enjoy constitutional law. Like, it, like, it felt like wading through mud in the darkness and just seeing the sun rise and, and finding some stable ground. Like, I can't describe it. And like you said, Sarah, in, I think, previous um, studies of mine, it, academia and especially literary studies is just a different uh, approach to things. And so I have never before had this experience of really struggling to understand a concept and to the point where I'm just like I just don't get the point of this I don't understand what they're arguing about and why it's important frankly to the point where I was like actually I I understand the significance now and so constitutional law is very very difficult but it was I think the class I had last semester where I did have that aha moment whereas I think my previous my other courses I really really loved of course but it's because of I think what Sarah said the topics are just so innately interesting and the cases are so bizarre and really uh, often narrative focused and you know kind of um, emotion focused right that you can it's easy to engage in them so I think I agree with Sarah like Law school so far is just so intellectually stimulating. It really is. Like, I don't think there's another way to describe it. Um, And I like your comparison between kind of con law and the other areas of law. I think the thing with constitutional law is that it's very political and also quite philosophical. So these need to be things that you're already interested in to kind of come in immediately and be like, wow, this is the course for me. This is great. And unfortunately, those are things that are not necessarily my affinities and not necessarily things that I have the most knowledge in either coming into law school. So I think that's also what contributed to me disliking constitutional law in comparison to the other courses. Sometimes I think about how in our next two years of law school, we're going to be able to really take the courses we want to take. Whereas like this year, I mean, we are taking five different subjects that are just so different from each other right all at a kind of basic survey level so sometimes it is hard to enjoy every single course the same amount I actually think it's kind of impossible because you will tend towards especially as time goes by the things that you will naturally prefer so for for prospective students and for current students I would not worry too much at all if there are some issues you're just not that interested in or maybe classes that um, whether you feel like you're not very good at or even like through grades you're perhaps not the strongest at I I wouldn't worry too much about how that's going to reflect your experience in the upcoming years exactly and the way I see it too it's for me constitutional law if I pursue my interests which is corporate law I do not think that if my grade was not that great in constitutional law 
as long as I do relatively well elsewhere, I don't think that would be the make or break. I don't think they would be like, oh, that, that means that this, this student can't do mergers and acquisitions or capital markets or whatnot, right? Exactly. So exactly. keep that in mind as well. But also, even if Conla isn't your strongest course, let's say, but you want to go into constitutional law, I don't think that matters no, either. I think keep going. Again, just because law school really doesn't prepare you in the same way as placements will. And there's so much that you have to learn on the job. So I feel like showing an interest and showing different other skills that you have is a lot more important than, say, getting an HH in the substantive law course that's the closest or <laughs> to what you're actually going to be practicing. I think so. Um, okay, let's move on to extracurriculars and volunteering. Um, so I can start with this. For me, I did um, an associate editorship with uh, the Journal of Law and Equality at the U of T. And then I also am part of a student working group regarding uh, Bill C-92, which is about the indigenous child welfare and self-government. So I thought that the beginning of the semester was quite heavy in terms of workload. And then also the end of the semester, it it got heavier as well. It was very... uh, easy in the middle. Uh, So I think that it can be as busy as you make it. I think a lot of the upper year students are quite uh, understanding that first year students are kind of juggling it all. So if you tell them, I don't think I can do a lot, they are very accommodating. At least that was my experience. Oh, no, definitely. I had a very similar experience. Yeah. And I also think that alternatively, if you let them know, hey, I actually want to do more, there's more work to be done. And, and, And I think a lot of the work was quite collaborative as well, which I enjoyed. Yeah, exactly. Same here. My workload was really role dependent, I would say. And I think so I think it really depends on the extracurricular. For the law review as an associate publications editor, it was really only the end of the term and the beginning of the new term that I was really busy. My other involvement, which was a working group like you, but with the Investor Protection Clinic, was a lot more consistent. But I think it's important to note that it's definitely not a weekly workload. So be careful when they say this is going to be like one hour a week, two hours a week, whatnot, because you're not actually going to be spreading hours that way. So make sure to know that it's probably more going to be like 10 hours at once during one week to compensate for all of the other weeks. Um, Ultimately, I don't think it got in the way with my courses or studies. It didn't make me feel like I didn't have enough time to concentrate on my courses or to do anything that I thought would be necessary to prepare me for the exams. But I do think it's important when you're seeing how many extracurriculars you want to get involved in and everything like that to know that oftentimes, oftentimes, when they're going to be busy is probably going to be at the same time. And you really can't spread it out equally across the term. So it's it, these are just important factors to keep in mind when you're really trying to make those decisions and make sure that you're going to be able to maintain your workload and maintain your mental well-being and everything like that, which is really important. You want to make sure that you're not going to burn out or overexert yourself. So that's why I think it's important to mention these things because when I got in at first, I was like, okay, perfect, five hours a week. But 
that's not how it actually is going to happen in practice. Also because, uh, and I'm sure, Sarah, this was the case for you as well, your working groups are about live issues, right? So uh, at least for, you know, a working group around Bill C-92 and, and other such bills that are, you know, uh, contentious, right? Uh, or, or, or appealed to the Supreme Court. Like this is the, you know, the work that we are able to do is dependent upon what we hear back and what's in the news and what communities choose to document and what they choose not to document, right? And so a lot of these predicted timelines of, or, or predictions of workload that your uh, student leaders will give to you or the organizations will give to you are quite, uh, they might not be very accurate for that reason, right? So I would also say for prospective students or, or incoming first year students, you know, if you are really interested in certain issues or certain kinds of extracurriculars, instead of taking for granted the kinds of hours that the leaders are going to be providing for you, right? Like their, their predictions, just go, okay, what is it that I'm interested in? What is the topic? Is this a really live issue in Canada? Is this a really live issue internationally? Or is it something that happened well in the past and we're just analyzing it, you know, in retrospect? If it's the former, the kind of work you're going to be doing is probably going to be more sporadic. If it's the latter, it's probably going to be a little bit more uh, well-paced. Well, that that's good to note because I agree mine too is really a live issue and so because of that sometimes we had to wait for a month because we couldn't work on anything and then oh suddenly there's something that comes out that we can actually kind of work on so you're right that that probably also factors in heavily in terms of how you can kind of distribute the workload throughout the semester I know that like some of our classmates are doing these wonderful uh programs where like law students work with like high schoolers or you know undergraduate students and they do these kinds of weekly mentorship uh, programs so I think with those as well if you're interested in those that kind of workload I, I bet is a little bit more consistent right just because exactly you have to you have to do that weekly or if you're working for one of the clinics at your law school they give you specific shifts so that also is going to be easier to plan because you're going to know that consistently you're going to have a shift from I don't know what hour to whatever other hour for the week. And it's going to be the same thing every week unless there's a holiday, a stat or something. Okay, let's move into uh, personal and social lives. Um, Sarah, do you want to start? How, how was that last semester? I think it went really well, honestly. I did good with keeping social. I was able to meet regularly with my friends outside of law school as well, not just in law school, because of course that might be a little bit easier considering that you're going to see them on campus and everything like that. Um, a goal for this year would definitely be to work more on fitness and keeping active and those types of activities. But I wouldn't say that I failed on that front because of law school. <laughs> Or because of the load, I think it's rather my own lack of motivation and combined with me getting sick and different things like that. So overall, I was very satisfied with kind of the school life balance that I was able to achieve. I feel like I was very scared of not having time to do anything outside of law once I started school. And I've seen that that's not the case. 
I think it depends on how much you decide to study, of course, but I would say that I studied a fair amount. I wasn't someone that didn't study at all. So maybe I wasn't studying every hour of the day, but I think it was a good amount to be able to do relatively well. And I was still able to kind of integrate all of these other activities. Something else too is, you know, um, I, I just thought about how as friends, Sarah, we did a really good job of being, I think, good classmates because we, we were in the same class last semester and we're actually in a, a, the same class, well, one class um, this semester too. So, but we did a really good job being classmates and I think we did a pretty good job with being, you know, co-creators and co-hosts uh, for this podcast. And I think we did a really good job with hanging out with each other and not talk about anything legal whatsoever as just friends. I think I, that was something I was really worried about is how to make friends with your classmates when one of the really big things that you share with them is also probably one of your leading causes of stress. Right? Like, I don't want to really have friends that only talk about work because, oh my goodness, like, how can you escape work then, right? Or how can you escape that which is in your life that is like so stressful right so I think we did a really good job of of that anyways (laughs) I'm like patting us on the back no but that's good I'm I'm proud of us too and and that's true and I think I definitely benefited from having friends outside of law school as well I know that's not the case for everyone that they're going to be able to do that in the sense that some people are just moving to a new city and so quite obviously the first friends they're going to make are likely going to be in school I've been established for here for a little bit, so I did have uh, friends outside of school. But like you said, just as we were able to kind of disconnect from law, I think it's possible to do it with friends that you meet in law school as well. And I think these are boundaries that are important to set from the get-go and to make sure that, yes, you can talk about classes from time to time, and yes, you can be a part of the same study group or whatnot if you want to be, but to make sure that you also get some time to get to know them on a personal level outside of law school or anything related to that because it's going to be beneficial for you but also beneficial for them and that's also what's going to ensure that the friendship is longer lasting than just once you graduate because you want to make sure that you're not kind of just friends because it's convenient Uh, not just beyond law school but even like beyond your first year right like after first year people are going to be going into what they actually want to do at law school, right? And, and you know, for, you know, for now, I can certainly say, you know, me and Sarah, like, we probably don't have the exact same interests, right? So it's one of those things where we can be friends well beyond law school because I think what, fa- what kind of um, is at the foundation of our friendship is actually not law, right? So that's really important, I think, when it comes to making friends um, even at law school too. I agree with that point. And I, I will also say in terms of like, I, I it was very easy for me to stay friends with folks outside of law school, mainly because I have been here for a really long time, like grew up in the GTA, went to school at the University of Toronto for my undergrad. So it was very easy to um, maintain those very long-term friends. Uh, easy to keep active, mainly because uh, my joints are so bad, such that I 
really do need to be active. Otherwise, you become one giant joint. <laughs> I become one big plank. So it really, uh, that's not just a stress reliever. It's kind of a necessary uh, task day to day. I've never struggled with sleep because I'm someone that will just more or less immediately fall asleep if I'm tired, very thankfully. Uh, and also, I didn't struggle with uh, eating well either because I think if you live with someone, uh, whether that's like a close friend or a, or a partner or a family, and you are the main uh, uh, cook, I suppose, you have a kind of urgency to cook well because you're, you're taking care of other people, right? I think when I used to live alone and when I used to live alone from friends and family, I would just make a big pot of soup that I would eat like breakfast, lunch, and dinner for days because it was just, I didn't care that much. Like I was like, oh, this has all of the like requisite nutrients. <laughs> it's like became my sludge. Now, because I have to, you know, now because there's other people in my life, <laughs> I can no longer just eat sludge every day, <laughs> no matter how nutrient it is. Sorry, listeners, that sounds so gross. No, but it's true. I live alone and it's the same thing. I fall into these habits of, oh, I'll just eat the same thing over and over. What's helped me, so if anyone's living yes. alone, this might might help you, this might not. But I basically have other members of my family that are overly involved and want to ask me what I'm eating. <laughs> so they will get angry if I'm eating the same thing multiple days in a row. And what I do is I don't necessarily enjoy cooking. So I use the time that I'm cooking to also catch up with them. So I FaceTime them while I'm cooking. Usually they're going to be cooking as well because it just so happens that we're in the same time zone. So that's lucky. And that's something that helped. And then also I started giving a little bit of what I'm making to my dog. So that helps too because he has to be treated well. Exactly. It's so much easier yeah. for me to treat him well than myself because I'm like, He's a little ray of sunshine. He's innocent. He does nothing wrong, which is true. And I don't know just the unconditional love. So it's like, how would you not want to treat a pure creature like that well? And so it's a lot easier for me to easier for me to justify it that way because I'm not a pure creature. <laughs> I can I, I can live on sludge and like. <laughs> so I completely get your point, Meg. I listeners do not. Do not only take care of others. You have to take care of yourself. Do not eat sludge every day, please. Like, we have to explicitly um, state that. Um, no, that's true. Yes. Do not do what we did. Yes. Do what we are saying. Not just for legal reasons, <laughs> for, like, moral well-being. <laughs> like, do not do that. Please take care of yourself. Um, oh, my goodness. And then in terms of, I, I think this topic, too, is, is ties into um, just personal lives in general. Sarah, any updates on making law school friends? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, I've been having the same issues as before, unfortunately. I feel like I'm creating stronger bonds with my mentors who are actually closer to my age than other law students, with the exception of two specific people, one being Meg, so you know what I mean, um, that are close and that I'm able to invite to hang out outside of law school. I don't think it has anything to do with the actual people that I'm studying with. I think they are great. I think part of it is I just have a lot of other things that contribute to me not having a lot of time or energy to commit when I'm on campus. 
So I go to campus and basically I leave immediately to take care of my puppy Yoshi. And so I don't necessarily have all of these opportunities to get into deep conversations with other students and to try to build those bonds. So I think that's part of the reason why. And also I don't have that intimate need to either because I do have supports elsewhere. So nothing against anyone that I'm studying with you are actually all very great. I just don't have the time, which is sad, <laughs> but absolutely, absolutely. No, like the folks that we're studying with are are really excellent. I don't think they're, they contribute uh, reasons at all as to why, um, you know, it's, it's difficult to create friends, at least for, for maybe the two of us. I'll, I'll speak for myself as well. I, I think that I am not a big fan of studying in groups often, like in terms of day to day, right? So I often need to study at home or I, I love to study at home and I love to have like my yoga mat out where I can just lie down and listen to things instead of reading things, right? Because my eyes are so crap. So, you know, I, I there's a lot of things that I like to do when I'm studying that I just can't do in a library, right? Um, and so as a result, it's hard to make friends through study groups. I also think that like I'm someone where towards the end of the day, I just want to eat a nice dinner and watch TV or hang out with my partner or hang out with my friends outside of law school. So similar to you, Sarah, like during the nine to five, that is when I am around law students before and after. I do not want to be in that space sometimes. Right. So I think that it's not them. It's just me going I have to set these boundaries, I think. And I will say that last um, semester at the end, I hosted a really great um, small group dinner for for my for my small group. Uh, and most people came and it was a good chance to actually eat and drink and not talk about law school. I think that is really, like we said before in this episode, when you're trying to make friends, like, do not only talk about law school because your conversations will end up being quite, I think, short and superficial. Yeah. Um, and and what are we what are we looking forward to in the winter term? Oh, I'm definitely looking forward to the new courses, the substantive law courses. Um, I'm taking crim and torts, and those are the two classes that I was really interested in the most coming into law school. Of course the two first year courses I was really interested in, upper year courses, it's entirely different. But knowing that I was going to take criminal law and torts really kind of enticed me. And I was actually hoping that I would get one of them during the first term. So that was a bit of a bummer at the time. Um, I'm also, honestly, although it's going to be stressful, I'm looking forward to the recruit, getting ready for summer employment, getting ready for summer positions. And I'm really hoping I'm going to get into my dream firm this summer. If it doesn't happen, I feel bad for them because I will be coming back <laughs> the next years until I get in. That's but... the perfect way. <laughs> Listeners, listen to what she just said. That's the perfect way to approach it. No, honestly, like if that's what you want, who cares if you don't get it immediately, right? Because like uh, you are going to do it. I love that. Sorry, I just had to interrupt you there because I was so happy. No, it's true. Said. And honestly, when I was talking to some of these lawyers and stuff like that, it doesn't trust me. It doesn't look bad. If they didn't accept you one year, they're not going to be like, oh, no, why are they coming back again? If anything, it shows how eager you are to be in the firm with them. And a lot of the times 
it's not necessarily that they didn't want you specifically. It's more they're restricted in the number of candidates they can hire. If it's first year, they really have to rely on marks. And unfortunately, the process is not as holistic. It gets a lot more holistic as the years move forward. So there's so many kind of external factors that might come into play. So it doesn't mean that you're just not a fit and that you're just not meant for that firm. Get that out of your mind right away. Um, it just means that you're going to have to try again. And that's not the end of the world. That's what happens to most people. Even people that get jobs at firms in their first year doesn't mean that they're going to necessarily stay with that firm the whole time. Sometimes they don't get the exact firm that they wanted, right? And that's okay. It's just how the process goes. And it's, again, just law school is very competitive. And everyone's vying for these same firms in the first year because not all firms open up to first years. A lot of them want to wait until you have more experience. And so that's bound to happen. It's even possible that the firm of your dreams won't even have positions open in the 1L. And then it's not even that you're going to have been rejected. It's just that you couldn't even apply. And because of the law society's restrictions, they won't be able to open up something for you, even if you show your interest and you get connected with them. Although I do recommend doing that regardless. Even if you know that they're not going to be in the 1L, if it is a firm that you really, really want to work for, for XYZ reason, then don't kind of kick them out of the equation for first year. I think the earlier you start, the better. But that's for people who have a specific firm they want to work at. Um, if it's for a practice group, then I would kind of go at it a bit differently. And I would just make sure that the experience that you get regardless of the firm it's in, it doesn't matter if it's a boutique firm versus a mid-sized firm versus a large firm. As long as it's related to what you want to do later on, it's going to be looked upon favorably by the firm. They're not going to be like, oh, we don't want to look at your application because you had a boutique firm. No, because if anything, you were probably able to work a lot more on files because they didn't have as many lawyers that could work on them. So a lot of the times you have to take more responsibility, right? So there's pros and cons um, to all of these different positions and to the sizes of the firms and everything like that. And there's no kind of one golden ticket. There's no one golden ticket is such a good way to describe just like semester by semester in law school. I, well, I mean, I, I, I'll talk about stuff outside of studies. Like I'm so excited for the spring. Um, today I went for a run in the sun and I got to wear just like my normal running clothes and it was incredible. I had so much fun. So I'm, I'm excited for the warmer weather and the sunlight. Uh, Toronto is like, it's like really gray. <laughs> it's really gray in January. Um, I am also really excited for my classes. Like Sarah, I have criminal and torts as well. Um, and we're in the same uh, criminal class together. And the professor is a hoot. He's a hoot and a holler. Fabulous. Absolutely fabulous so far. I don't even have to knock on wood. I'm sure it'll, it'll, it'll be great. So it's, it's going to be, I think, a definitively good time. <laughs> Wonderful. Murder and sex. Exactly. <laughs> that we oh at, like he said. <laughs> uh, Anyways, I, I think that we can wrap we can wrap up the episode. Um, it was really great to just recap our first semester and uh, listeners will be sure to do some kind of 
maybe midway update as well for our winter semester just to see if anything anything changes. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Briefcase. Next week, listeners, it's going to be the two of us again. We're going to be going into detail about our experiences with the 1L recruit or the um, summer placement applications. If you like this episode, please rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends. Check out our Instagram at Beyond the Briefcase Podcast to keep in touch as well as up to date with all of our episodes. We're really excited to be sharing some guest interviews as well in the upcoming week. So please check out our Instagram to keep up to date with that too. Thank you, Adam, our technical producer. And of course, thank you, listeners. I've been Meg. I've been Sarah. Bye.